You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter 2, and when you find your place, if you're able, if you could please stand in the honor of the reading of the Word of God, and at this time we'll dismiss our bus teens. And we're thankful for all of our bus teens and the workers and all those involved with our bus ministry. Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter 2, and we'll read it together if we can, verse number 1 through verse number 7. Luke chapter number 2. When you find your place there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there yet, say oh me. All right, Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 1, ready, begin. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And let's pray. Our Father, we do love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Christmas season. We thank you for a church where we can come and we can fellowship. We can try to encourage and help one another. I thank you for a place where we can hear the Word of God preached and where uh, people can come and hear the gospel and be saved. I thank you for a place where uh, lives can be strengthened and families can be helped. And I thank you for a place where the backslidden can come back to you. I thank you for a place where we can recharge and a place where we can refocus. And I pray that you'd help us this morning in the busyness of this Christmas season. May we not lose sight of the true meaning, and may we not take our eyes off of the person of Christmas, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We pray and ask these things in that precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to draw your attention in Luke 2, verse number 1. It says, and it came to pass in those days. A similar phrase is found in Matthew chapter 2. In verse number 1, it says, Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Now, Luke 2 and Matthew 2, of course, are the Christmas stories that we often read. But I'd like to draw your attention this morning. In both of those passages, you find the phrase that in those days or in the days... We think about the Christmas story, and usually we think positive, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, If you're always thinking everything's negative, then you probably are having a miserable life and a miserable time in life. 
But we think about Christmas, and boy, we can imagine those shepherds out in the field listening to that uh, angel making the proclamation and the angelic choir singing glory to God in the highest. When we think of the Christmas story, we think of those shepherds gathered around there, that baby Jesus who was born uh, in a manger. And we, we, we picture, of course, from uh, the, the nativity scenes, and we can imagine the, the animals maybe surrounding the, the, the manger scene, and we don't know that, but we know Mary was there, and Joseph was there, and Jesus was there, and the shepherds were there, and boy, what a wonderful sight that must have been. We think about the wise men who came. And what a sight that must have been in that house where uh, Jesus was now a, 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 a young child. The Bible says he may have been as old as two. We think because of the decree of Herod to kill all the babies two years and younger that probably Jesus was between a year or two old and Herod didn't want to miss that window and he didn't want to miss uh, killing Jesus. But we, we picture the positive side. Those wise men bringing their gifts, the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh and they're worshiping this child they're worshiping Jesus and we think about the positives and, and rightly so meanwhile we sometimes fail to stop and realize that these days that we read about in Luke 2 and these days that we read about in Matthew 2 were very difficult days for Mary and Joseph these were tough times for the nation of Israel Yet in the midst of these difficult times, hang on, hold your seat. In the midst of these difficult times, God showed up. And when I say God showed up, I'm talking about he literally showed up. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came in these difficult days. The nation of Israel was going through a difficult time. God's people were under the rule of the Romans. Their struggles were very real. But can I tell you, so was their source of strength. Their brokenness was very evident, but so were the blessings very evident. Their despair had come, but can I tell you, deliverance had also come. I'd like to take a few moments this morning, and I'd like to look at the days, in those days when Jesus was born. I see number one in these passages, and I'll go back and forth between Matthew and Luke. I see number one that there were hard days. Mary and Joseph experienced some difficult days during the time of Jesus' birth. It says in Matthew 2, in the days of Herod the king, how would you like to live as a Jew? under the rule of Herod, who was the, he was the, the puppet, so to speak, that the Romans had put into power. But Herod had no concern for the Jews. Herod did not like the Jews. We find out a little bit later on uh, what he was willing to do in order to try to uh, remove the king, the Messiah. But these were difficult days politically. The Bible says in Luke 2 that in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. Now, we don't even have to talk about that to know those are bad days. Tax days, April 15th. You say, well, it's only one day out of the year. Are you kidding me? You and I get taxed every day of the year. And Mary and Joseph, they had to go back to Bethlehem to pay their taxes, to pay what, their, what was required of them from the government. Those were not good days. Those were hard days. 
Mary and Joseph. In Luke 2, we find that they were away from home. And I tell you, I like to be at home. I like to be where I'm comfortable. I like to be with the people that I love. And I like to be in the routine. And yet, Mary and Joseph, they were away from their home. They were on their journey uh, to Bethlehem. And not to mention the fact that Mary was great with child. She was expecting, but she could not be in the comfort of her own home. This was not a vacation. This was not an enjoyable sightseeing trip. This was a tart time. It was a difficult time. The Bible tells us in Luke 2 that there were shepherds in the field. The Bible says they were keeping watch over their flock by night. They had to work midnights. The shepherds, as a matter of fact, they were 24-7. Do you ever feel like that at your job? You ever feel like, whatever happened to 8 to 5? I mean, whatever happened to, like, you know, I can go home in the evening, and whatever happened to, I get some days off, or I get some time off. I've talked to some this week, and you've told me, you said, when I'm on vacation, I'm still not on vacation. When I'm off work, I'm still not off work. Can I tell you, these shepherds had a difficult time. I'm sure they weren't uh, 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 padding the bank accounts. I'm sure they weren't uh, uh, bringing in riches, but they they were working, and their schedule was not ideal. Their labor, indeed, was hard. Can I tell you this morning, for us, sometimes life is hard. I'm not trying to discourage you, but I think we need to be realistic. I think we need to be honest. I think we need to see it the way it is and realize that sometimes life is hard. Sometimes in your life, you have to do the hard thing. Now, I'll be honest, it's nice when the decisions are easy. It's nice when the decisions are very clear cut and it's an obvious choice, but sometimes you have to do what's hard. John F. Kennedy, in talking about our space program, said this. He said, we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept one we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win. Now, friend, I'm telling you, it's not always going to be easy being the husband that God wants you to be, but you better do the hard thing. It's not always easy being the wife. It's not always easy being the parent. It's not always easy being the the young person. It's not always easy being the Christian that God wants you to be and doing what is right. But can I tell you, it may be hard, but it is worthwhile. Sometimes you experience hard days. I remember in my uh, younger years in school, I remember we had a a basketball team and we weren't that good, but we had uh, some games that made us look good, you know, because the other, the opponents were not good. But I remember one particular game and I probably told you about it, but I'll never forget it. I was on the starting five and we had a, that year we had a decent team. We weren't you know, all-stars or anything, but we had a decent team. But I'll never forget this one particular game. We got in the game, and the coach, he would, he'd turn us loose. He'd say, hey, we're we're, we're in this to win. And I remember at the end of the first quarter, the score was like 20 to zero, we were winning. And you'd think we would be excited about that. You'd think that we would be rejoicing, but we weren't because we knew what that meant. At the end of the first quarter, guess what? All five starters got to sit on the bench. Because the coach said, all right, that's enough. We're going to let the other guys play. And I'll never forget sitting on that sideline in that easy game. That game that was not hard. It was not difficult. It was a cakewalk. 
But I'll never forget sitting on that sideline there in that gym. We were in Grand Detour, Illinois, a town of 500 people. It's where John Deere invented the first steel plow. I know you're all dying to go visit now. But anyway, Grand Detour, Illinois. And I remember sitting on the sidelines and all the, all the substitutes are in there. And I remember the five starters on the bench. I remember watching the gym floor and we were watching the bugs and seeing if the bugs could make it from one side of the court to the other without getting stepped on while there was a basketball game going on. But watching those bugs go across the court was more exciting than anything that was going on on that court. And can I tell you, you say, oh, well, that's easy. Yeah, but easy is not always good. And sometimes in life, it's going to be hard. And sometimes it will be difficult. I think about in our nation right now, uh, this is difficult. I think about what our president is going through. And I'll tell you, it's difficult. But can I tell you, nobody ever said that being the president would be easy. Nobody ever said being a Christian for you or being a, a husband or a father or a wife or a mother or, or being a witness, nobody ever said that it would be easy. But can I tell you, sometimes it'll be hard. You say, well, well, what are we supposed to do about it? Well, we'll see in a moment. For some of you, you're going through hard times right now. For some of you, you've been through hard times in your life. I think about for my family, I remember as a boy being the uh, oldest, and I remember uh, hearing my parents, they didn't talk much about it in front of us, but I remember at times you could pick up on things. My dad was a Christian school teacher for 20 years and made just very little money, but he loved it and he served God and was faithful. But I remember many times, uh, I remember just, just thinking, I don't think we have enough money for something. I don't, I don't know if my parents have enough money for this, that, or the other. But I'll tell you what they would do. They would sacrifice what they wanted so that the children could have it. And they never, ever complained about it. It was never, oh, we've got it so rough. And oh, if we weren't in the ministry, we, oh, no, no. You know what? Those were hard days, but they were happy days. Those were hard and difficult times, but yet in those times there was joy. And in those times we had our family. In those times we knew that God was going to meet the needs. Some of you have been through hard times. Some of you growing up, uh, some in this church who uh, uh, were a part of being sharecroppers at times. And boy, you worked all day, every day. And if you got a break, you were blessed. Some of you now, you're in a schedule where your life is hard and it's difficult. And can I tell you, hang on, don't give up. It was difficult for Mary and Joseph too. It was difficult in the days of Herod the king. It was difficult in the, the days of, of Caesar Augustus. But life sometimes is hard. Number two, I see not only hard days, but I see hurting days. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 16, that after Herod saw that he was mocked of the wise men in verse number 16, it says he was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Verse 17 of Matthew 2, Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. 
You think these were easy days? Oh, no, friend. These were very difficult days. Herod issued a decree that all the children two years and under would be killed, would be murdered, would be executed. And the Bible prophecy that was given by Jeremiah that there would be weeping and there would be lamentation because for these mothers and these fathers, their children were gone. These were hurting days. This was, these were hurting days not only for these families, but these were hurting days for another father. God, the Father, who sent His only begotten Son, and you say, oh, wasn't that a great day for God to send His Son into the world? Oh, no. The Bible says in prophecy that it pleased God to bruise Him. God wasn't happy with that, but God knew that that was the only way that you and I could have salvation. God had to literally turn His back on His only begotten Son on the cross because the sin of the world was placed upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ, these were some hurting days. These were difficult days. These were days that people went through hurts and people went through grief. Maybe you're here this morning and you know about hurting because you've lost a loved one. You've lost a spouse. You've lost a child. I think so many times about Brother Wallace, Miss Mary Edwards, who are going through some hurting times with health and all that. But several years ago when I was at their house, and I've seen it since then, but several years ago when I was at their house, they were showing me all the pictures that they have on the wall of their family and grandkids and all that. And they have a picture from many years ago of a little boy and a little girl. I think they were about two years old at the time. Miss Mary has told me this story several times, but that first time I'll never forget. She said, Pastor, those, those were our twins. Jane, who is still living and caring for her parents, but her brother, who died, about two years old. And, and I look at that picture and I think, I cannot imagine the hurt that that dear couple has experienced in life. And maybe you've experienced that. Maybe for you it was a, a baby. Maybe for you it was a child that you lost as a toddler. Maybe for you it was a teenager or maybe an adult child. But can I tell you there's hurt? Maybe it's a spouse who has left. Maybe it's a spouse now who is battling dementia. Maybe it's a parent that you love who can no longer communicate. Maybe it's a child that will not speak to you. Can I tell you, we go through hard days. We go through hurting days. But this is nothing new. Mary and Joseph experienced these days and the children of Israel experienced these days. During the time of the Christmas story, hurt is nothing new. Number three, I see, and I'm, I'm going somewhere. I promise you this whole message is not going to be in this tone. Just bear with me. I see, thirdly, these were humble days. Mary and Joseph, they finally made the trip, and they finally made it to Bethlehem, and Mary is about to give birth to 
her firstborn son, and they get to Bethlehem, and there's no place for them to stay. My wife and I, our fear with Micah and Chloe and Kylie, the same is we just want to get to the hospital in time. You know, we don't want the baby born in the car. But there was a hospital. There was a place where our baby could be born. But Mary and Joseph get there and they say, we don't even have a room for you. You can't even be in this house. You can't even be in the inn. You cannot be in here. We don't have room for you. Can you imagine the humility that Joseph and Mary had to go through to think we, we can't even bring our baby into this world indoors. Our baby's going to be born in a barn. Our baby's going to be born and have to be placed in a manger. They were cast out because there was no room. The baby was born, and the Bible says that they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Now, that's a picture, I believe, and that's a, a, a prophetic meaning there. Those swaddling clothes were the type of material that would often be used to wrap someone after they had died and at, when that body needed to be prepared. And I believe that was a sign that Jesus Christ was born for one purpose. He was born for one reason, and he was born so that he could go to a cross and die for your sin and for mine. And I'm so glad he did. But Jesus started in a humble place. Jesus was born in a manger. There was no room. But it, it's even more than that. Jesus left the splendor and the glory of heaven. The Bible says in Philippians 2 that he humbled himself and he became a man and he laid aside the glory and he laid aside the power and he laid aside uh, all that he knew in heaven and he became like us so that we could have a home in heaven. He came to where we were so that we could go to where he is. Can I tell you, humble days for Mary and Joseph and humble days for Jesus himself. I see number four. These were hectic days. These were busy days. These were hurried days. The Bible says that the shepherds, they came with haste. The angel gave the message and they got there as quick as they could. They weren't taking their time. This was a busy time. You might say it was crazy. You might say it was nonstop. Maybe you would say it was just one of those uh, out of control kind of times. And maybe you say, I know what that's like. I've been, going, I've been going like that for the last six months, it seems like. You know, just no time to stop and catch my breath. Maybe... Those are the days you're experiencing. Mary and Joseph certainly did. And then I see number five. I see that these were hopeless days. You say, whoa, 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 pastor, hang on. How could you say they were hopeless? Well, when we get to Matthew, it had been 400 years since anybody had heard from heaven. It had been 400 years since God had spoken his word to his people. God's people had not heard from God in so long. They were under a Roman dictator. They were under a, uh, an appointed wicked king named Herod. And then, of course, Joseph. He was espoused. He was engaged to Mary. 
And Joseph finds out that Mary is with child and, and he knows that, uh, he believes that Mary has been unfaithful and Mary uh, told him and the angel told Joseph, said that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. But before Joseph was given that message, Joseph thought, I've got to end this relationship. The Bible says he thought to put her away privately and, and to try not to embarrass her. These were hopeless days. But there's a difference. Something happened. Something happened to take these hard days and to change them. Something happened to take the hurting days and something happened to take the humble days and the hectic days and the hopeless days and to turn them around. You say, well, what happened? Jesus. Jesus made the difference. Jesus showed up and what seemed like a hard day became a great day. It became a great day because when you have Jesus, it doesn't matter if King Herod's in control down here. King Jesus is in control of it all. And the hard days can be happy days and the, the curse can be turned into a blessing because the hard days make us stronger. And the hard days get our eyes back on Jesus and the hard days make us realize that we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. So the hard days can be happy days for you as well. You say, how? If you've got Jesus, doesn't matter how hard it gets. I know somebody who can take care of that hard day and turn it into a happy day. I know somebody who can lift your load. I know somebody who can help you with your problem. I know somebody who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And his name is Jesus. You say, well, what about the hurting days? I'm glad you asked. You see, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 2 that the mothers and the fathers and the families were weeping, but they could not be comforted. Oh, I got good news for you. Jesus showed up, and Jesus brought comfort, and Jesus brought hope, and Jesus brought help, and Jesus showed up, and then Jesus was about to leave. He was about to ascend back to his father. And he told his disciples, he said, I want to tell you something. I'm not leaving you comfortless, but I will send you a comforter. Can I tell you, if you're saved this morning, he lives inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit of God who can take the hurting days and can bring healing. Exodus 15, we find one of the names of God. It's referring to God who heals and God who strengthens. It's Jehovah Rapha, who is the God who is our healing. I'm thankful that God can bring healing. I'm glad that God can bring comfort. I'm glad that God can bring hope. 1 Peter 5, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Say, Pastor, but I'm going through the loss, and I'm going through a tragedy. I'm going through a very hurtful time. I'm not saying you're not. But here's what I'm telling you, you have to do with that hurt. And you have to do with all that care and all that burden. you got to stop trying to carry it on your own. Because it's going to hurt. And it's going to get heavier and it's going to get worse. And you got to take that burden and you've got to cast it on Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm casting all my care upon you because I know that you care. I know that you're concerned. I know that you can help. Jesus makes the difference and makes the hurting days. He makes them healing days. 
But then I see the humble days. The humble days, we don't like the humble days. We don't like it when nobody's got time or nobody's got room or nobody wants anything to do with us. But can I tell you, sometimes we need that humility because our pride is what goes before destruction. And the Bible says in the book of James that God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. James 4, the Bible says that if we will humble ourselves in the sight of God, he will exalt us in due time. Those humble days can bring honor. Those humility days, those humble days can remind you that God's got a plan, even in your difficulty. Say, well, what about Mary and Joseph? There was no room and there was no place for Jesus to be born. Well, I'm glad that if you come to Christ, I'm glad he's got room for you. I'm glad Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And can I tell you, when you get to heaven, it's not going to be overbooked. There's not going to be a lost reservation. It's not going to be overpopulated or overcrowded. There's going to be a place reserved for you because God promised that he has a place prepared. You say, what about the hectic days? What about the hurry? And what about the busyness? And, and what about all that? Well, the hurried days and the hectic days remind us where our peace is found. Isaiah 40, 31, the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I've got good news for you. You might be in a hurry down here and you might be struggling down here. But when we get to heaven, guess how long we're going to be there? Forever. Eternity. You won't be in a hurry up there. You're not going to run out of time up there. As a matter of fact, you'll be able to throw out your planner. You'll be able to throw out the daytime or you'll be able to throw away the calendar. We'll be able to throw away the clock when we get to heaven. Hallelujah for that. But can I tell you the hurry days... The hurry days can be days of peace and the hurry days can be days of blessing and help. Lastly, you say, Pastor, what about the hopeless days? Well, first of all, we're not living in a time where it's been 400 years since God has spoken because we have His Word. And if you wanted God to speak to you this morning, all you had to do was open His Word. And if you want God to speak to you this afternoon, all you got to do is open up this book and, and let God speak. And you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got a teacher built in. The Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you into all truth. And you say, but I don't always understand it all. Well, then you can talk to God about it. And you can say, Lord, I'm not so sure I understand this. Brother Futrell shared this verse with me a while back. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Did you know you can pray and you can talk to the author and he can explain it for you? He can show you and he can reveal it to you. These are not hopeless days because we have the word of God. But these are also not hopeless days because we are looking for, Titus 2.13, we are looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh no, it's not hopeless. Friend, it's not over. The hopeless days just remind us to trust Him. 
The hopeless days remind us to keep our eyes on Him. And the hopeless days remind us that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Can I tell you, there is hope in Christ. All of these experience, all of these days, all of these times that we've talked about this morning, there's one thing that makes the difference. And His name is Jesus. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.